welcome to the new and improved South Coast End Zone podcast and Facebook Live. I'm here with Lori Lose, the high school sports editor here at the Standard Times, and I'm Brennan Carey, the digital sports editor, and welcome to our brand new podcast studio. We're pretty psyched about it. We've got uh, some real equipment anymore, no more uh, recording just on cell phones, so hopefully we sound a little more professional to all our listeners out there. Just got to get used to having this mic right in our face. You know, There's a reason we didn't go into radio originally, right? You know, we, were, we were in journalism school, and we're like, we're going to that print side, not that radio side, and now uh, with convergence and everything, they got us doing it all. Hey, might as well, right? So we got, uh, we're coming off uh, not a great week of uh, football across the South Coast. Uh, the nine teams that we cover, we had two wins. And they were... Both in games that we had two locals playing each other. So, so we couldn't have had less than two wins. And I believe it was uh, five teams lost by 20 or more points. Yeah, it was so a rough week. Some teams looking to improve a little bit here in week two. So Yeah, uh, I mean, the, the, the games that we did have, one of the big games that we did have was the, the ORR Wareham game. And I mean, I think that one lived up to the hype, 41-40, uh, you know, ORR ended up pulling that out, you know, late in the fourth quarter. And I mean, I was at that game and it was, a, it was, even though it was pouring rain for part of it, I mean, it was definitely worth it for all the fans that stuck around and saw the whole game. That was the one to be at. I was at uh, Dartmouth, which uh, didn't turn out quite so well for the Indians. Uh, they did play a Central Catholic team that I've been covering high school football here for about four years now, and that's the best high school football team that I've watched play. Uh, they had speed everywhere on the field they were as tough a team as any of our teams will play all season yeah so um but yeah looking ahead to some week two games here yeah and uh old rochester visits Aponiquit on friday night at 7 p.m um as I, as we're just saying old rochester is coming off that huge win over wareham uh, and in that game or was down five different times and had to come back and, and rally against Wareham. I That's mean, resiliency. Yeah, you know, and I uh, talked to Justin Kogler earlier tonight, and, and he was just saying, you know, like the kids could have panicked, they could have given up, and they just didn't. They stayed, you know, calm, they stayed focused, and really their depth that they have, um, you know, was kind of the difference in that game. Like Wareham isn't a very big team. You know, they don't have a lot of numbers. They have the talented athletes, but they really just – had kids playing offense, defense, special teams. Meanwhile, Old Rochester was able to to rest Harry Smith a little bit on defense, not play him every you know mm-hmm. every down on defense, so he could rush thirty seven times, um, which is that, that probably paid off in the fourth yeah. quarter. They had a little fresher legs. Yeah, thirty seven times uh, Harry Smith carried the ball for three hundred and twenty four yards, um, including four touchdowns, and that broke the all-time record um, at the school. So he congratulations to Harry on becoming Congrats, the, Harry. the all-time touchdown leader at Old Rochester. Uh, Well-deserved. And, uh, you know, he, I know he's closing in on also the rushing yards, too. I didn't ask Justin tonight how far away he is, but I know coming into the season it was about four or 500 yards from the all-time rushing record at the school, too. So um, he'll be close to, to that as well. Uh, but the big thing for ORR in that game was the play of uh, Will Garcia. I mean, he just um, kind of came out of nowhere, and he carried the ball six times for 79 yards and had two touchdowns. Um, so it's making it kind of be that extra option that they have. So if teams do key on Harry and are able to slow him down a little bit, here Will come out of nowhere and kind of – you know, make some plays and, you know, keep the defense a little bit honest there. Um, but I know the focus for Aponiquit going into this game is stopping Harry Smith. Um, that's what Zane said tonight. Um, I mean, you got you to gotta try and stop the, the main guy. Maybe not completely, but you got to try and slow him down at least a little See bit. See if they got eight or nine guys in the box there yeah. just trying to make sure. Because he, he really loves to run kind of between the tackles too, yes. right? Yeah. He's, uh, you know, he's yeah. an up and down but the, north-south but then he's But then he's got that, you know, that, that sprinter speed, you know, from running the hurdles and sprinting. So he's kind of he's, – He's kind of got the complete package there. Uh, but Poniquit's coming off that big loss to uh, Middleborough, 53-12. to 12, 
And it really isn't a game that I think, you know, we, we should use as a measuring stick for Aponiquit. And even um, Justin Kohler was saying that tonight is that uh, just, you know, Middleborough is kind of that team that is going to be one of the best in the area, you know, like around. And they're going to, he said, I think he said that I wouldn't be surprised if they scored over 40 points in more than half their games. So for them to give up, you know, Aponiquit to give up 53 to them, he said it's not really a knock on Aponiquit. This team is just probably the best team Aponiquit's going to play all year. And He's making sure his Bulldogs aren't sleeping on the Lakers. Yeah, so um, so uh, Brett Dixon, he had, uh, you know, a couple highlights in that game for Aponiquit. He threw a 74-yard um, touchdown pass to uh, James uh, Sefraza and, uh, in the first half, our first quarter. And then uh, Dixon also had a seven-yard uh, rushing touchdown in the third quarter of that game. So, I mean, those are two names that you're probably going to hear a lot. You know, well, you'll be at this game tomorrow. I will. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, first time I'm seeing both these teams. I'm, I'm curious, how did the uh, did they throw the ball much older Rochester at all against Wareham? How did the passing game? Uh, did it look like it could no, make some plays that the rushing God, game doesn't? You're going to ask me a question. I remember. <laughs> I want to say it was like three passes and no completions. I want to say right, no so, completed passes, yeah. So they may have to prove a little something in the passing game, yeah, at least they that they can move they the ball do, at yeah. need be. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't do a heck of a lot of throwing in that game. There was a lot of running in that game. Um, so. Well, when you got Harry Smith and Isaac Nascimento, stick with what works. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, really where Aponiquit is. You know, if they're, you know, the, well, the team that got blown out, or they're a team that just ran up against a tougher yeah, team. And last in week year, one. I mean, they lost both games last year to uh, to uh, Old Rochester, but the first time they lost thirty-four to nineteen. And that was a game that they forced several turnovers in that game, and I think they were leading at halftime, or they were really close at halftime and then they also lost on thanksgiving to, to or 28 to 21 and they were down early in that game 7-0 or rochester and came back to beat aponiquit so aponiquit has played them tough so basically i mean justin kogler was like aponiquit's going to be up for this game we need to match their intensity you can't have that let down after you have that big week one win over wearing him so yeah and they started off last season with a nice win streak at Old Rochester, so they've been through this before. And these are a couple of coaches that know each other from their Bridgewater State days, so yep. I'm sure they're uh, pretty excited to be scheming against each other oh, yeah. now. So that'll be a fun one. Uh, Seven o'clock in Lakeville. All right. So the second game here, uh, born at Wareham. Yeah, 7 so p.m. The other half of the uh, rushing attack from Week One. Yes, uh, Wareham. Uh, I mean. It's hard to say that it was a great, like, amazing game. It was an amazing game uh, last Friday night, but Wareham came out on the, the wrong end of an amazing game, a game that I think a lot of people said was probably the best they played in or coached in or, you know, was a part of. Um, it was 41-40. Um, Wareham led um, throughout the whole game. Uh, Old Rochester had to come back five different times to eventually beat um, the, the Vikings, and it was just – it was kind of just a lack of depth, you know. I mean, these were kid, these are kids. You know, they have standout kids at Wareham, but there's not a lot of them. So, you know, you have kids that are playing offense. They're playing special teams. They're playing defense. You know, they're not able to to withstand that high intensity all the way through. You could see in the fourth quarter, especially their last drive, where you know they they're only down by one and it's trying to get up the field, and it just, I mean, they 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 ran out of gas. And I think that's one of the quotes that Bob Lomp said to me after the game is we just ran out of gas, you know. And they had a couple injuries, too, that hurt them. Um, but, I mean, Isaac Nazimento, you know, stamped his name right in the record books. Uh, he became the all-time TD leader at 
uh, Wareham. It was only um, a matter of time after that season he had last year. Yeah, you know, um, he he's I've talked to him a few times, you know, when he was player of the year last year, and he said Darian Fernandez is one of the guys that he looked up to when he was younger, when he was playing Pop Warner, and he wanted to always be like Darian, and now he has – you know, risen above Darian. Um, he beat his mark of 35 touchdowns, um, you know, so that was set between 2009 and 2012. So congratulations to Darian. Um, but after the game... Congrats to Isaac, actually. I mean, yeah. yeah I, sorry, I, Darian. That's uh, yeah. your record book. Guide. I'm yeah. sure he has a few more records still at Wareham, so Probably his name isn't disappearing maybe, from there, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, Isaac, uh, but Isaac, after the game, I mean, he just... It, he was disappointed, you know. I mean, he got the school record. It, you know, it's amazing an individual accomplishment, but he was upset that the team ended up losing. And um, that's just kind of the kid he is, you know. Um, but his impact on the game is just you can't deny it. I mean, he had the two rushing touchdowns. He threw a touchdown pass. He had a hand in all five, five two-point conversions. I mean, how He's many just a threat at wherever he yeah, is on the field. Teams, I mean, well, that's first, where they were using him as get, quarterback a couple years ago. Yeah. They thought he was their best quarterback. He's their best running back. He's, yeah. How many teams, though, convert all five two-point conversions? Like, that's amazing just in itself. And then he ended up uh, rushing for two. He caught one and threw for another. Like It's amazing. And he wasn't even, the, leading, more, he yeah. wasn't even the team's leading rusher either. No, no. <laughs> and that's the other thing is, you know, Isaac had this amazing game, and then Seth Andrade came out of nowhere and ended up carrying the ball 14 times. He had 276 yards, and he had two touchdowns. He also caught two passes for 33 yards, and one of them was a touchdown from Isaac. I mean, He was definitely the breakout star of week one in our area. He yeah. was kind of like the guy who came out of nowhere. We didn't see coming and just put up incredible numbers. Yeah, so, I mean, I expect, I expect Wareham's offense to just keep going like this. Uh, I mean, the defense obviously did, you know, kind of – bend a lot last week giving up 41 points plus i think it was over 400 rushing, rushing yards mm-hmm. um but you know they're actually facing a, a born team this week that congrats to born they ended up opening the year with a 32 to 6 win over upper cape so they matched last week's win total after week one of this year 2016 they had one win so far in 2017 they got a win yeah so uh so big things going on at born you know they're trying to turn their program out around after you know you know big struggles last year and uh, Josh Gonzalez in that game, he found the end zone twice, while uh, Spencer Rose and Jonathan Knowlton um, each scored a touchdown. So those will be guys that uh, sure will get the, t- the get touches this week, um, you know, against Wareham and, you know. Um, so just like against Old Rochester, there's a few different guys you got to watch out for. Um, yeah. You can't just key on one person. No. So, so. we'll see uh, how, you know, how that defense goes with uh, kids going both ways. Probably be key for Wareham to get out to an early lead. Yes. Yeah, so that they can uh, take it a little bit easier in the second half. So, but I, but I, you know, I think Bourne is, you know, they're also in that SECB, so they're kind of a little bit of a step down. Playing, planning OR that first week for Wareham is, was, you know, win or lose, it was a, a big game for them, and you know, definitely not to say a moral win, but you know, probably one of the tougher teams they'll face on their regular season schedule. So. Absolutely. It seems like we had a lot of teams go up against that in uh, week one. They decided to go through the gauntlet here to uh, open the season. So. All right, Somerset Berkeley, uh, welcome to the South Coast Conference. Uh, Glad to have you. Yeah, I don't know if all the football teams and uh, all the other teams in the area are. Um, you know, Somerset Berkeley is... Not a pushover. It's not no, like they, no. Not like they uh, just brought in a patsy to yeah. get some wins against. They brought yeah. in uh, a legit, ringer here. Yeah, and, uh, a legit yeah. contender and 
almost i would say almost every sport um you know or the majority of them you know yeah, um, competitive and, and football included uh you know they ended up uh i think last year they ended up winning the the eac um if i remember correctly for football um my mind we'll get is, back to you on that one yeah well, <laughs> my mind is a little hairy i can't remember uh, exactly but uh yeah they're visiting Vogue tech um this week and this is actually the first you know sec game for uh, Somerset Berkeley, and they're coming off a 35-0 to zero win over Durfee uh, week one. Which could spell trouble for Vogue Tech. Yeah. Uh, yeah, last week uh, the Bears ended up losing to Fairhaven 28-6, um, to six, and their lone touchdown for Vogue Tech came on a Davon Almeida 60-yard kickoff return in that game. And I think they managed uh, just under 40 yards of offense. Yeah, so 39 total yards of offense. They, the they the had new did, offense is a work in progress yeah, so far. They, they did switch from the rocket offense to the option uh, scheme, so it's been kind of an adjustment period. Um, but they did, even though they were running the option, they did throw 10 passes in that game. They were all incomplete. Which uh, I was talking to Chuck Allaire earlier this preseason. He said, if we have to throw the ball more than five times in a game, we're in trouble. Yeah. So, so they were in trouble. Yeah, and uh, I mean, but they're just gonna they're gonna stick with. They've decided that they're doing this, so they're gonna stick with it, and they're just gonna kind of take their lumps and continue to work on improving. And hopefully, you know, a few games in, you know, playing teams like a Somerset Berkeley, hopefully that'll pay off, and you know, nobody will get injured, and everybody will just get better. But uh, Somerset Berkeley, uh, Chase Stafford, the quarterback there, he threw uh, three touchdowns. Two of them went to Jake uh, Meehan, um, while a third went to Stephen. Fralick, um, and he also, Fralick also had a 21-yard rushing touchdown in that game. Um, so it was kind of a balanced attack. You know, they had two rushing touchdowns, three passing touchdowns, um, and just shut out Durfee. And Durfee is supposed to be good this year. Yeah, they uh, they handed to New Bedford on Thanksgiving last year, and uh, from what I've heard from a couple coaches in the area, they're supposed to be better this year yeah. than they were last year. So, so that's, uh, there's not supposed to be a pushover, and Somerset Berkeley seem to deal with them pretty handily. Yeah. So Voktek has his work cut out for it. They have the size. They seem like in a lot of places they yeah. have the personnel. It's just a matter of it all kind of coming together and gelling. Yeah, so it's go- it's going to be a uh, tall task, um, but I know I know they'll be up for it, and um, you know the game's. Saturday, uh, Friday night at seven o'clock at Vogue Tech. So, uh, you know, go cheer on the. the Bears. Yeah, see if the Bears can uh, get a little off- first offensive touchdown of the season here. Yeah, that would be great. All right, is this the week Rick White gets his one hundredth career win? And we have confirmed he's at ninety nine wins. Yeah. Uh, I got a message from the Boston Herald. They were a little curious. They thought he was at ninety eight. I think they'd even run something that said that. But uh, we've gone back through Buddy Thomas's books. Yes. In Buddy We Trust, we look through every season, and he is at ninety nine wins. I think this has been checked. I want to say four times <laughs> through Buddy's books. So we're certain now. Yes, he is at ninety nine <laughs> wins. So we're going going for 100 here uh, at Attleboro, which yep. is uh, not going to be a pushover at all. It's uh, and uh, it was interesting. I was at the the Week One Dartmouth game, and uh, there's certainly a better team than a 41-7 loss. Uh, that, like I said earlier in this, this podcast, the Central Catholic team was just incredibly talented across the field. Um, but Dartmouth did a few good things. Uh, the running game started to get a little momentum later. They did seem to rely a little bit too much on Nate Ellis. Um, if he wasn't, it was, it reminded me a little bit of late last season with Cole Jacobson. Um, they didn't get the rest of the rushing game going as well. So a lot of it came down to the quarterback and making some of those read option plays. Um, it was, it was interesting. The passing game, they threw 15 times in the first half, which uh, is, uh, not usually the Dartmouth football that I've seen the last couple of years. Maybe that goes back to the uh, uh, Sylvia and Mellow days and stuff like that. But uh, 
They, they didn't complete a lot of them. He only completed four of 20 in the end. Uh, well, didn't he throw four other? He threw four. He did complete four to the other team. Yeah. Uh, uh, most of those were kind of his fault. Mm-hmm. One was actually a really good pick. But uh, they, would, they threw a lot of deep balls. And I was talking to Rick White after the game, and he said that uh, Central Catholic took away a lot of the intermediate and shorter passing routes, but you still got to probably get a little more creative with the playbook and maybe figure if you get some guys uh, the ball in space in the flat or some comebackers or something because it seemed like a lot of stuff was just Dane Ashton uh, running nine routes down the sidelines and, yeah, uh, and Ellis against, heaving the ball against down. Against a team against Central Catholic, that you're not going to Yeah, you weren't going to run beat their cornerbacks with speed. So yeah. it was, they were in a tough spot. So. We'll see if they get back to the ground game because, uh, yeah, they uh, Ellis ran for 56 yards, but no one else even top 20. Yeah, I think, uh, what, they have 177 total yards offense. I think that's what Yeah, you and I think they gave up uh, over 250 rushing yards in the first half alone, so those numbers have to reverse. Yeah, and this week, I mean, they're going to face a little bit of a different challenge. Um, they're going to face potent offense from Attleboro, but it's more of a passing attack. Um, last week, uh, Attleboro ended up losing um, kind of a thriller um, to, to uh, Cumberland, Rhode Island, 33-32. to 32. Uh, Cam Furtado uh, ended up having 354 passing yards Ooh. in that game, and he had a hand in all, NFL numbers. all five of his team's touchdowns. He, rushed for, or he threw for three and rushed for two more. So can we just circle Cam Furtado, his number, and be like, all right, like let's let's keep our tabs on him. I mean, it kind of reminds me of like some of the numbers like Cole was putting up last year, but more you know his maybe would have been more rushing than passing. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he's kind of a a one man show. It sounds like um, and somebody that they have to really focus on stopping. Absolutely, that may play a little bit more into Dartmouth's hand. Uh, they had to replace almost their entire linebacking core this year. Ben Aronson's back, but the rest of them are all new. Whereas they have a few more kids back in the secondary. Uh, Ashton's a good cornerback. Ellis is playing safety. So they have a little more talent in their defensive backs probably than the linebackers. So, uh, But still, that's obviously a dangerous passing attack, and uh, they can probably beat you on any given play. Yeah, so, I mean, this is going to be a big game. Um, you know, I, I know last year Dartmouth ended up beating, beating um, Attleboro 31-7 to in that game. And, you know, and Attleboro's – usually good every year you know it just about just it depends on how good they are so um you know this will i think this will be kind of a true measuring stick for dartmouth Absolutely. where you know central catholic maybe was you know as the if dartmouth had played his best ranked. game they weren't going to beat him you yeah know, it was it was that kind of game and uh it'll be interesting because it doesn't get any easier for dartmouth in week three no LaSalle. Uh, they got LaSalle, which is another uh top ranked team in so rhode island yeah they, they so. uh hopefully got to get the win here because you don't want to start on three well you know it's a big game when i i make the the trek to to Attleboro. i've done it a few times over the last few years and uh you know i'll be i'll be out there and hopefully we'll uh see if they'll, Dartmouth will be able to pull out a win for Rick White and we can stop writing about him going for his 100th Exactly. I'm sure win. he'll appreciate that more than I'm anybody. sure he hates it, but <laughs> until it happens, we got to do it, Rick. All right, so Dartmouth at Attleboro, 7 o'clock on Friday night. Yep. All right, uh, Fairhaven, congratulations. Yes. Rudy, <laughs> you got a win. We've never won. done that before. Wow, that was awesome. And I think I picked you guys to win, so I'm not going to take credit for the win, but maybe I'll take a little bit of credit. So, so Rudy's never been undefeated before in football. I know. Hey. Until now. Until hey. now. You know, and now I'm sure he's done it in baseball, but. Yeah, probably, I'm sure. Um, but now they're going to go for their, their second straight win. Uh, the Blue Devils, they travel to Seekonk uh, Friday night at 7 p.m., and they're facing um, a Seekonk team that. Uh, Lost pretty bad uh, week one to Ashland um, of the Tri-Valley League, uh, 34-0 to in that game. I could not find anything 
online about that game from anywhere other than the score. Um, I think we I searched everywhere. Everywhere, high and low, all over the place. Um, so, you know. Try school sports. We thought you were going to have it, or Sun Chronicle, yeah, or was, somebody. But uh, so, I don't know. Maybe the coach didn't want to call that one in after uh, that type of loss. So, I mean, the Blue Devils going to this game, tons of momentum. Uh, they came out. You know, they don't have big numbers, um, but the kids have big heart. You know, the kids work hard, and they score, scored early and often. They ended up jumping out to a twenty-two to six halftime lead in that game, and they just never really, you know, turned it off. You know, I mean, the, the defense, you know, was on point. You know, the offense did their job. They scored on their first three possessions of the first half. Um, uh, Jake uh, Catterix, he uh, got into the end zone uh, twice, and he ended up having 82 of their uh, 261 total rushing yards in the game. So he was kind of one of their top guys carrying the ball. And uh, Zach Goulart and uh, Chance Nagalia, they also had rushing touchdowns and figured into that rushing attack. So, I mean, the ground game, they just rode it, the Blue Devils, and they rode it to victory. And, you know, hopefully they'll be able to do the same this week at Seekonk against a team that, you know, really struggled week one. Yeah, we assume so, based on the score at least. But I mean, uh, yeah. Fairhaven seems to be, I don't know if they've made up their T-shirts yet. For this, you know, every team makes up their T-shirts, but yeah. might be uh, quality over quantity. Definitely. For the Blue Devils this season. Our reporter who was at the game was just talking about the disparity between the two sidelines. Yes. Looking over at Fairhaven sidelines, and there's only 22 helmets on the sideline. And then you look over at Vogue Tech sideline, and, you know, they got, I don't know, what, 50 kids or something like that. The, the roster went on the front of the back of a sheet of paper, and uh, yeah. Fairhaven's you could fit on the palm of your hand. The big thing when you don't have the numbers, though, is is – staying healthy you know that that is and you know a lot of these kids are playing both ways they're playing special teams they're playing every probably every snap or almost every snap so it's it is kind of that tight rope that you do walk uh in high school football when you have a small team well that means uh, it's important for rudy to use his timeouts properly too which i heard save him to kid the kids some rest in the second half there so so uh so you know uh hopefully uh you know fairhaven can go there and kind of take care of business and you know, maybe make it two two game winning streak. They only won three games last year, so nah. they, you know. We know Rudy's never been two and zero. So let's All let's right. go. Blue Here we Devils. go, Blue Devils. Uh, Seven o'clock at Seekonk. All right, New Bedford um, heads on the road again. Um, I mean, I guess they could have just stayed in Taunton because. You know, yeah, they're not going too to far Dighton, away, yeah. Dighton Rehoboth. It's not too far away from uh, from Taunton High, D- uh, DR. Um, you know, it's, it's like when the uh, the circus comes to San Antonio and the Spurs go on the road for like 19 straight days. New yeah. Bedford's opening with three straight road games this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's not easy. And, um, you know, Dighton Rehoboth is, you know, traditionally strong. You know, they're usually a contender in the South Coast Conference um, just about every year. Um, they do have a uh, new coach this year, Dave Moore. It's been a while since they've had a new coach well, at Dave, DR. Dave Driscoll was coaching for, what was it, over 30? 30-something 30 30, years. 30-something 30 yeah. years. Um, legend in the South Coast Conference. Definitely a legend. And co- other conferences before that. Yeah, and even on the softball field as well. I mean, he was a, a standout coach, um, and I know he's greatly missed there. But, uh, you know, last year they ended up losing New Bedford um, to Dighton Rehoboth 35-7. to um, but uh, DR, it's hard to really judge DR this year. They started the year off with a uh, loss to Lincoln Sudbury, 24-17. to 17. Um, Their lone touchdown came from Drew LeBlanc, um, which we've heard his name multiple times the last few years on a four-yard run in the second quarter. But they really had no co- um, no um, no answer for uh, first-year starting quarterback um, Braden O'Connell. 
Um, he rushed for 130 yards on 18 carries and scored three, uh, three touchdowns for Lincoln Sudbury in that game. So they just weren't able to, to stop him. And usually DR, that's one of the things they're known for is their, is their defense and their just ball control offense and really keeping opposing offenses off the field. Um, you know, so Taunton, uh, last, uh, New Bedford last week ended up falling behind. So it was a tale of two halves. They were down yeah. 25 of nothing at the halftime and then came back, scored 15 unanswered on the board in the second half. And uh, you were talking Williams. to Steve Sanchez, I believe, over the time. Yep, Gazette Steve and- Sanchez. He was impressed with uh, with uh, New Bedford High's play in that second half of that game. He said, wow, they're fast. I can't believe how fast they are. Like, you know, their speed, you know, Dighton Rope is going to have a little bit of trouble maybe, you know, containing that speed or keeping up with that speed. Uh, but True Williams, I mean, I feel like we've been talking about him all preseason. Uh, he ended up having a hand in both of the, the touchdowns. He had a 39-yard touchdown run in that second half. And he also connected with Jeremy um, DeCruz on a 14-yard TD pass in that game. So, you know, it's just a matter of getting that stuff going early. You know, I know a lot of their offensive plays kind of struggled early. I think there was two kickoffs that, you know, they had issues with. And then before you knew it, they were in a big hole. They were down, I think it was 12 or 14 points early. So it's not making those mistakes, you know, that that the young team would make. But, you know, now New Bedford's a little bit older. They're a young team with experience. Yeah, a young team with experience. experience. It shouldn't be. It'll be interesting to see, too, uh, what the running back situation is. Because Nigel Palmer, who we all expected to be the starter, uh, was, was not playing. Yeah, not um, in the game. We don't we don't know why. We're not going to uh, guess, but uh, that kind of leads to a lot of dominoes. So Baron Hilton then yeah. kind of becomes the primary runner. He was the change of pace back last year, but he was supposed to be the primary wide receiver this year. So that kind of I'm sure moves uh, probably a guy like DeCruz up the yeah. uh, the depth chart at wide receiver. Um, Hilton ended up uh, he averaged over 10 yards a carry. Yeah, it was seven carries for 72 so yards. So he, he was effective. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he definitely wasn't getting the bulk of uh, preseason practice at that position. No. So no. Uh, it'll but, be uh, interesting to see if, uh, if Nigel's back this week or not or if they're just uh, kind of rolling with Barron now. Yeah. And uh, Williams, he ended up finishing with eight carries for 63 yards. He also completed 10 of 22 passes for 144 yards. I mean, you know. Those are solid numbers. For your I have to imagine trying to bring him down is like trying to bring down Marshawn Lynch or something. Like I, I couldn't yeah. imagine being a high regular high school defensive back trying to bring down True Williams in the yeah, open no. field. He's, he's a big boy. So, um, But, yeah, New Bedford on the road again. Um, Dighton Rehoboth uh, should be a good game. Um, you know, I mean, you got to see how, how the skill of, you know, New Bedford high, uh, you know, a higher kind of division team matches up against kind of the uh, grounded out Dighton Rehoboth, you know, defensive-minded team goes. And, um you know, I, I, both teams are winless, so somebody's going to get a win Friday night. That's why they play them. All right, Saturday. On to our Saturday teams. Uh, we have Old Colony is uh, playing Holbrook uh, Saturday morning, nice and early, 11 a.m. Get your at- morning coffee and uh, head over to uh- Brockton. To Brockton. Oh, that's yeah. right. It's at, uh... it's at Brockton. All right. Yeah, I think this game, something with this game might have got moving, moved around because I think originally it was at 11 a.m. and I think it was at Holbrook and then we got an alert that it was moved, that it's going to be at Brockton at 11 a.m. Um, so, uh, I mean, it's both of these teams are looking for their first win. Um, Old Colony ended up uh, opening the year with a 20-0 to loss to Sacred Heart. Um, it was the first time um, that the Cougars have been shut out um, while uh, Brandon Mendes has been part of the program. So three uh, seasons. Coach. Yeah, three mm. years. Um, the defense was strong, though. Like, you know, the offense got shut out, but the defense really only allowed 13 points because one of those touchdowns uh, came on an interception return. 
So turnovers plagued them because I know they had a, a couple drives where they turned the ball over where they were driving down the field. Um, and uh, they did have a little bit of, you know, firepower on offense. Um, Brad uh, Plissy, he led the Cougars with 55 yards on 10 carries. And Lucas Ferrer had four receptions for 27 yards. And I believe uh, that was after uh, Jared Gagne got hurt early yep. in the game. He's supposed to be their primary back. So yeah. we'll see if uh, that was just a one-game thing or if he's going to okay. be out for yeah. an extended period of so, time. So they have some guys that can do stuff, but it's just it, – it's a young offense. I mean, um, Brandon, you know, he knew it coming in that, you know, defense is going to be the key for them. And, I mean, the defense, I think he said for, what is it, 35 out of the 40 minutes, he was happy with the defense. So, you know, but the offense is going to have to try and catch up a little bit. And it doesn't look like Holbrook has a, no, a you know, the, fiery offense. No, they uh, they should, might have a good defense, so they only gave up four couple scores. Yeah, they, gave they only up, scored once themselves. Well, the thing is, they gave up, uh, they ended up losing 14 to, to 6 to uh, South Shore. And all 14 of those points they gave up in that first quarter. And they shut out South Shore second, third, and fourth quarter. Um, their lone touchdown came in the fourth quarter uh, for Holbrook, and it came on a 77-yard run by uh, Jeremiah King. Um, so, you know, I mean, they have some kids that can make some plays, you know, it sounds like, and uh, you know, but they also ride that defense. So this game could be a 7-6, Whoever finds the end zone you know, wins type of game. Kind of thing, um, but it should be a really good defensive battle, um, you know, where there's two offenses trying to find their identity and, you know, gain some experience for the season. So that's uh, Old Colony versus Holbrook, uh, Saturday morning, 11 a.m. at Brockton. All right, Saturday night. Last game of the week here. Last game of the week. Uh, Bishop Sting is, uh, in, you know, ca- capping the weekend off, right? There we go. Uh, they are driving to Bellingham, of all places, um, Saturday night. Uh, pretty pretty high, uh, good distance from here, up near Foxborough. You know, it's kind of a yeah, It'll be a fun dark. fun bus ride for the kids. Yeah, so the kids will like Hopefully it. the ride back goes a little bit uh, is, is a little better than the uh, post game after yeah. week one when uh, things didn't go so well for the Spartans against yeah, the, no, the tough Nantucket squad. Oh my goodness, Nantucket, man. That team just, it seems like every year they just keep, they're just loaded. You know, I mean, last year I think they ended up going, was it 9-2? and two, And Bill Abramson, who covers Nantucket for the radio station, thinks that they're going to do even better this year or at least match that that record. Um, and it showed in week one. Um, they ended up beating uh, Bishop Stang. It was 41-0 to zero in that game. Um, it was Dennis Golden's first game as head coach at um, Bishop Stang, so it was not a um, welcome start. You know, star, you know, it was not one of those. I'm sure he would have yeah. liked to get off on a little better foot, yeah. but, uh, you know, uh, he's still introducing a new offense. New offense. Uh, some new schemes, of, and there's a lot of turnover from last year, too. Oh, yeah, a lot of new faces and a lot of different positions. It did sound like, you know, the, the offense started to come together a little bit in that second half. Um, they had two drives uh, that they were able to sustain and get down to the field. They got in the red zone, um, and then they ended up just stalling and not, you know, they weren't able to score. Um, the biggest kind of thing out, out of that game was, I think, the quarterback situation. They both uh, had a little bit of success, and they both got some playing time. Yeah, you know, Tim Manley ended up, uh, Manley Jr. ended up starting the game. Um, Justin Lopes ended up coming in for a couple series in that second quarter. He had a little bit of success. And then they went back to, um, to Manley, and, um, you know, he led them on one of those drives where they almost scored. Um, so I think it's kind of nice that they're both getting some action, kind of seeing, you know, you know, who can do what and, and move forward from there. Um, but I know Dennis Golden, and he's going to have those guys prepared. Um, they're going to be playing hard. They're going to be working hard. Um, and they're going to face a, a resilient Bellingham team. Uh, Bellingham was down 18-0 to zero last week against uh, Blackstone Valley Tech. Ended up rallying to win 20-18. to 18. 
Um, so this is a team that never says die. So it'll be, it'll definitely be a battle. And you know, and they got the Bellingham got the win last year uh, yeah. by a couple scores. Yeah, it was a uh, thirty to fourteen. So they've played each other. I think at least last. Maybe the last couple of years. I feel like they've been playing them for a little while now. It's starting to build maybe a little rivalry here. Um, but the, but it won't be won't be an easy task. But uh, you know it should be hopefully a lot more competitive than uh, than that week one Nantucket. Like we were just saying that a lot of teams uh, in the area really played maybe their toughest game of the year week one. Um, you know a lot of the teams that that ended up losing in the area. So, I feel like there were a lot of teams that we didn't get a true sense of really how good they're going to be. Yet. Yeah. Like, we can't really look down those week one scores and be like, okay, this team won, they're going to be good. This team lost, they're going to be bad. It's not yeah. that simple. Yeah. So that, and that's why we play the games. So, um, yep. So if you don't, so if you want to watch some high school football uh, for local teams on Saturday night, go up to, to Bellingham, uh, six o'clock. Uh, Bishop Stang will be, uh, be visiting there. And as always, follow us on Twitter at SC Varsity, uh, also on Instagram at SC Varsity, on uh, Facebook at South Coast Varsity MA. We, yes. we remembered it this time. Yes. So uh, we're all over there. We're even on Snapchat at SC Varsity, too. So we try to keep you updated everywhere. And we also now update games on ScoreStream, a new yes. app. So yeah. if you download that app, uh, we do update games. Uh, uh, games that we're at, we'll update as they go. And other games, we'll update when they're over and we get a score reported. And uh, as always, thanks for joining us on the South Coast End Zone podcast and Facebook Live show. Mm-hmm.